breaking news. The sequel to Destiny 2 has been announced, and we're going to tell you the name of it on this episode of Dude Soup. That's clickbait. It's Destiny 2. That's a good That's a good Thanks. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I've, there's only so many things you can do because you just basically spin the chair around, basically. Uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Dude Soup. Um, for the week of I have no idea. I don't know what number this is, and I don't know what week it is or anything. Um, but I do know that I want to thank our uh, first members for watching and supporting uh, Rooster Teeth and RTTV and um, even just signing up for a membership and joining the chat and you know whether or not you want a free membership or not. Just appreciate the support. Um I also want to thank our sponsors this week, Honey and Bespoke Post. You can get Honey for free at joinhoney.com dude, and you can get 20% off your first monthly box with code dude at checkout with Bespoke Post Box of Awesome. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest this week. You all know Adam Kovic. He's, he's old hat. Old, leave me. Get, he's get an old hat. Me. I'm, I'm yeah. old. Be done with me. Um, but I am excited to be joined by our, our, our very special guest this week, Paris Lilly. Paris, hey. thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. I mean, it, it's so yeah, awesome to, to be here. And now we get to talk all the fun video game stuff, right? I got to yes. say, the timing on this was pretty sweet because we knew we wanted to have you on, right? And we were like, oh, well, you know, what are you into? What can we talk about? We were kind of spitballing topics and stuff. And then something happened this morning and we were like, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. without, for lack of a better word, destiny. Um, but uh, <laughs> Two, for, for anyone who may not know Paris, uh, he's a gamer. I'm going to just go ahead and call you an all around nerd. Um, if, oh, yeah. that, if, you, if, that, if you're OK with Please, that. Please, I wear that with a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're a host for uh, Gamer Tag Radio, the podcast, which you can watch or listen to live on Twitch every single week. It's also on Spotify and iTunes, and I assume basically anywhere else you can grab podcasts. Um, you can also check out Paris's YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash C slash Marcelo 696. You can follow him on Twitter, Vicious 696. Paris, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, really happy to have you here. Oh, absolute pleasure! Thank you for inviting me, and in. uh, this should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, we're oh, gonna man. we're gonna just talk. We're gonna jump into destiny and all that stuff. But I just wanted to uh, just kind of ask you, just kind of chat with you really quick about kind of your history with gaming and pop culture and this whole wacky world that all three of us kind of find ourselves entwined with. So. First of all, I'm I'm old. I'll even disclose my age. I'm I'm forty. I'm forty six. So so I go back to like the late seventies when it comes to gaming. Like I legitimately remember when the Atari the Atari twenty six hundred came out. That's how old I am, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, gaming's just been a part of my life. The eighties, going to the arcades, all that. And my Christmas story, Red Rider BB gun moment was Christmas nineteen eighty five. Had zero clue. My mother bought me the Nintendo Entertainment System with Rob the Robot, Jeremite, and Duck Hunt, and my life transformed forever. I obviously wow. from that moment, yeah, that just Man. immediately cemented me in, into gaming forever. So um, when people ask me what my favorite game of all time is, I always say it's Super Mario Brothers 3 because it is okay. the greatest platformer ever made. And it still holds up to this day. We can argue Super Mario World and the rest of them. But yeah, so just gaming goes through all that. And then, you know, obviously the Xbox, PlayStation, the modern era where we are now. I got into podcasting because back in 2005, before anyone knew what the hell a podcast was, I used to listen to Danny Pena, Godfrey. He's the host of Gamer Tag Radio. He's the one that founded it back in 05. And I used to listen to him because I would go to like the Team Xbox forums and he would spam the forums with the links to a show and I would download it mm-hmm. and listen to it. And I became a fan. And there were a couple other shows from back in that era I would I would listen to. And I'll never forget, it was Danny and another good friend of mine, Chris Palladino. They were in an Xbox video. And this had to have been 06. They were in an Xbox video in Redmond to see like Lord of the Rings or something. Right. 
and I'm watching this. Can we curse on this show? I don't know if you curse on the show or you not. You can say whatever the oh, fuck you want. That is Whoa. fucking awesome. So what I'm going to say is I watch that and I go, holy shit, they're actually at Xbox. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. I want to do this, too. So mm-hmm. I reached out to Danny and Chris right after that saying, hey, I want to start my own podcast. Can you help me? And both of them reached out to me and were like they gave me tips on what to do. So I basically started my own podcast. It was called Uncle Gamer Radio or whatever. I did it from 06 until 2011 and great fun. And during that whole time, Danny and I were great friends. Pete, Mandy, who are also on Gamer Tag Radio. Mandy's gone now, but we're all just great friends and we'd help each other. E3, work together, do interviews, stuff like that. So my podcast partner in 11 took a job with EA. And I decided arrogantly enough that I'm going to retire because I've done it all now and I don't need to do anything mm-hmm. anymore. Right. So I yeah. I'd stopped podcasting and, you know, but I was still friends with everyone and, you know, we'd hang out and stuff. So when Bioshock Infinite came out in 2013, they asked me to come on Gamer Tag Radio because I, I was fascinated with that game just when it came out. So. I went on, we talked about it. They got great feedback on the show. Like, oh, he was real good. You should have him on more. And I forget exactly how it happened, but long story short, they reached out to me and said, hey, would you want to come on full time? And I was very hesitant. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I, I can't commit to full time. I, I, I'll i see what I can do. And then sure enough, I came on in 2013 and I've been on ever since. I, ne- I never left. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're my brothers, Danny, Pete. They're, we're like a family at this point. I mentioned Mandy as well. She actually took a job with Hasbro, so she's no longer on the show. But, you know, we're all just family, brothers and sisters. And, you know, we just love to talk gaming. And like you said, the pop culture stuff, you know, I'm an anime nut. I Cowboy Bebop is just like the, the goat to me. That is just just my favorite <laughs> anime of all time. You know, I'm, I'm an MCU nerd, so I love all the MCU stuff. And like I told you, even in an email, when you guys had uh, Greg on, and we're talking about the Snyder cut. I'm, I'm, I was right there with him. I mean, as much as I think yeah. Batman Superman was terrible, Justice League was even worse. And they should have just let Zack Snyder f- do his entire vision. And it, now we're going to at least get to see it. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about that. And I know that was it's long winded, but that's me. That's hey, that's great. That was fantastic. <laughs> it, 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 I was going to say extremely uh, dating, extremely dating. Um <laughs> But, uh, it, you know, it puts you on a timeline when you're talking about where you were when Bioshock Infinite came out and stuff like that, which feels like forever yeah, ago I know, in right? a lot of cases. But I you're, I think you're in welcome company because I, we are, Adam and I, I don't want to speak for you, but we're pretty old for, I think, especially the industry that we are <laughs> yeah. in and the medium yeah. in which we so often discuss. So you're you're in very, very welcome company here. Well, it's, it's funny because um, you mentioned getting an NES being your first console. That's the first console. I remember I was three, but I remember my mom and dad using an NES and just being like blown away that this cartoon was moving on screen and you right, were controlling yeah. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I actually, I, did, I wanted to ask you though, from your perspective, having been in the game industry, the song, or just being a fan of it, seeing it through all these decades, what do you think has stayed the same and what has changed the most from your perspective? Um, I think what's stayed the same and and it's kind of ironic now with E3 not we we literally would all probably be there right now um, if it was. But I think yeah. what stayed the same is the glamour and glitz of game reveals. And we obviously just had one today with with Bungie, even though it was online and it wasn't in person. It's always a big show, right? Everything's mm-hmm. a big show. Every game is the greatest thing of all time when they first announce it. And then obviously you play it and, you know, your, your opinion may vary. Um, what I think has changed the most is I think I think the people, I think just the way that we communicate with, with, with each other. And obviously a lot of that has to do with technology. And we're, we were literally forced into this because of COVID. But I mean... Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're, we're a lot closer together globally. Like when I first, like I basically used to sneak into E3. I've been going to E3 since 01, right? And I used mm-hmm. to forge the application. Yeah, my company's a game in the end. I'd get a badge, mm-hmm. right? So I used to go since then and, you know, you'd see people and everything, but there was never that connection afterwards to where you stayed in contact, stuff like that. It was just every every E3 you would meet people. But with technology now and, you know, Discord and Twitter, clearly, mm-hmm. we all stay so connected now. And, and it's almost like I have this weird virtual family that I have people that I, I swear to you are literally like my best friends in the world. And I have mm-hmm. maybe only 
seen them directly three or four times in our life. But the yeah. second we do get together, it's like we've always been together. Like just real quick, one quick story. Um, a, a person that works at Ubisoft, he's one of one of my my best friends. He he lives over in Sweden. We'd never we would always miss each other at E3. I happened to go to Gamescom finally uh, last year and we got to meet for the very first time. You just swore we had known each other for like 20 years. And it's just mm-hmm. weird to, to have that kind of virtual connection now with people. And and it actually isn't fake. It's real. And, and you know, yeah. we can connect and get to know each other. Yeah, I think the coolest thing is is how that kind of connection can extend beyond whatever that initial thing was. So yep. you say you like you're saying you meet someone at E3 waiting in line to go to the bathroom and you both happen to talk about whatever game you're both excited for. And they, normally, like in a lot of cases, if it was just that weird um, long distance relationship, it would stay that way. But because of communication and being able to like see people's tweets or DM them or Discord or stuff like that, you learn their other interests. And then you find out that it wasn't just um, uh, I'm trying to think of an example, Rampa or whatever that you were both into. <laughs> like there's a ton of stuff, too. And then you build those other connections. Which I feel like never really happened until you could maintain that communication. Yeah, yeah completely there. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, 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 go ahead, sir. Oh, no, I, I was just it's yeah, I, Paris hidden like on something that like I never really I don't think I've ever been to articulate before, but I realized like growing up video games is always sort of a language in a weird way or it's a commonality that I ended up making a lot of friends who I probably would have never been friends with because we're everyone's in different cliques. But there was one guy who's like super into Vice City. So I was like, hey, we could be friends because you mm-hmm. like video games too. And it is that it's it's like a really I never really thought of it this way, but it, it's such an easy icebreaker when you you have this one thing in common, which is it, obviously it's universally it's gotten bigger and over years. But like, I feel like it's always been for the longest time. It's like a club almost. And you're like, mm-hmm. you do the secret handshake, which is, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I can controller. actually. I can actually give you a great example of exactly what you're talking about. So, so as a kid, again, I'm old. So back in the eighties, like Mike Tyson's punch out, right? I remember when that came out, I could not beat super macho man to save the life of me. Like, I mean, I'm literally, it took months for me to finally get past him. <laughs> and even Mike Tyson and a lot of my friends, the same thing, we were always having issues being able to get past. Him, and then finally we did, but that's kind of the difference. Now it was a localized thing. I wasn't able to hop on Twitter and mm-hmm. dude, I'm struggling with this. And all of a sudden I got like a hundred different people giving me tips on this or I'm, I'm on a Reddit forum or whatever. It's like I said, the communication of gaming, like you said, it is really like a language that we, sh- we share together, a passion. We all share together globally. We're able to share it with the world now versus just on, on, on this local scale. And I, I think that's the thing again, that that has changed so much, which is really awesome about gaming. Yeah, for sure. This that this is a story. I think I've told it before, but one of like my like I'll never forget childhood moments is I used to go to the arcade all the time. My my yeah. mom or my dad would take us to the arcade at the mall. They'd give us like if we were lucky, maybe five dollars, yep. which is 20, 20 quarters, and then you got to make that mm-hmm. last for however long you can. Um, but we'd always go to the same arcade, and they had Mortal Kombat two, and. My brother and I love Mortal Kombat 2 and we'd play it, but this is before you could figure out what the fatalities are, right? So that it's exactly what you're talking about. It's that community, shared community kind of thing. And there's this dude, I don't know what his name was. I can barely even remember his face, but I just remember I was playing Mortal Kombat and he came up to me like this cool teenager and went like, hey kid. And then he handed me a folded up sheet of paper that had all of the moves oh, wow. and fatalities listed on it. And it had been like worn, like, like, I don't know if he made it and it just sat in his pocket or whatever, but it was worn down. And then I took it and I had this document. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is it. I have it. I have it. And so like, that's, it's a weird experience, but it's like, I don't know how you would, you can't really do that with movies. I guess there's a situation where someone could give you a book and be like, you should read this book. I highly recommend mm-hmm. it. But I feel like, you know, in terms of, interacting with the medium and having people be able to like really share and bond over something like video games are pretty unique in that way. I, I agree, but I, I would take what you, you said about like movies and, and at least say this way again, with just the social aspect, you know, like social media and everything, a lot of stuff, like even with like the MCU, like, like remember lost lost is actually a great example mm-hmm. of this. Cause I feel like this was the start of all of it. Lost was a freaking event. 
every week and it was a shared event. It was no longer the water cooler at the office. It was like a thing where we'd all watch it and then immediately people are jumping online to be able to talk about it together. We would share those experiences together. And I remember even like like Game of Thrones at its peak. If there was a Sunday night where I couldn't watch it live, dude, I'm off social media. I'm not, I don't want to see anything because I don't want it to be spoiled. I want to, you know, be able to watch and, and discuss it later. So I, I think even in that way, media, again, just, just the way technology works, it brings us all together. Like, like I said, Ozark yeah. is another one. Like I've been watching Ozark during, during quarantine and my God, I remember, you know, I, I won't spoil it or anything, but obviously the ending is very shocking and people would mm-hmm. binge it and be ahead of me. And I'm like muting <laughs> words on something like, I don't want to know because once I watch it, then I want to be able to talk about it and share it with people. So yeah, I think I think even like I said, with, with, with the pop culture aspect, I think just again, it, it has definitely changed from what it used to be even even a decade mm-hmm. ago. Uh, have you, are you all caught up on Ozark? Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. OK, it's, same. Yeah. Same. Elise and I did I, the exact same thing. We were like, quarantine. It's the time. Oh, yeah. We've only heard great things about Ozark. There's so many shows that we have on that list. We're yeah. like, now is the time. And we yeah. I think it was last Wednesday, maybe. I think we were like, OK, and we finished the the most recent episode season three yeah it's phenomenal um, yeah. i'll Ooh, watch it i'll watch it Ooh, I, I, baby. I tried I, I tried to get into season one and it was just like i i hate every character on the show but i think you're supposed to right like no one's yeah. really likable so I, I have to get over that hump of you're supposed to not like anybody can, can i and this isn't a spoiler other than to say this darlene is the scariest character on tv period mm-hmm. period yeah okay she's the ultimate yeah. villain that is one. I, I, that's I, one lady I'll never mess with. Yeah, I don't know if that affects. Yeah, whether I'm gonna <laughs> watch. You'll it. see. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny too. Where like I, I've been spoiled on movies and things like like. Um, I, I think I read some so, someone snuck in some like MCU spoilers or something, but it had been so long that like it just it was somewhere in the back of my brain. By the time I saw the movie, I went, "Oh yeah, someone spoiled this for me," but I didn't remember until after I saw the movie, so it didn't really matter. So I guess mm-hmm. in some ways that's sort of the good thing of being over over saturated with content yeah, and right. information right now is that you just you forget when you accidentally get spoiled on stuff. But yeah, I already forgot her name. What's it, Cindy? Yeah, it's Cindy. Just okay. go with Cindy. that. Cindy. Cindy <laughs> is. Oh my gosh, what a nightmare! <laughs> what a nightmare! I'm gonna look out um, for Cindy. All right. Yeah, keep an eye out for Cindy. Is there someone named Cindy? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. I don't think so. Um. But yeah, well, I mean, it, it's yeah, it's it's it is amazing. I do think that their social media does kind of create these weird bubbles, though. Like like if you are trapped in the bu- bubble, so like Game of Thrones, another great example, lost all these things. If you're trapped in the bubble, there could be other stuff happening outside of that bubble that it just the way the algorithm or the way your own perspective kind of happens. Like you don't ever break out of it. Yeah. And I'm only saying this because, and it's a shame. And I'm and I'm I want to admit fault on my part, but like you've been doing this a really long time, but yeah. we're only now getting you on the show. Like we only now have started interacting and stuff. Like, and I, it sucks that there sometimes takes these like massive changes to break out of that bubble and then show you all these amazing things and voices and stuff that you've been missing out on. And it's it is pretty frustrating in that way and disappointing for me on a personal level, because I'm like, I mean, it's just, it, just this, this right here is super fun chatting with you. And I'm like, why is it, why we've been doing Funhouse for five years or whatever? Like, why has it taken this long? You've been around way before we have and stuff. And so just segueing back into the whole, yeah. just the whole way the system works. It's just like, sometimes I, I wish that they would be like, let's, let's combine these things and find more ways to share even so not everyone's talking about game of thrones people are talking about game of thrones and they're talking about this other show that maybe just went completely under the radar in a lot of cases um i don't really i didn't really have a point there i was just <laughs> well no i i <laughs> mean a, i, I get exactly what you're saying though it's it's obviously what's what's going on in the world on freaking fire right now which obviously has has highlighted a lot of this stuff but just mm-hmm. taking that out of out of out of it for a second it yeah, we, we we tend to get communal in that way. And you you get in your comfort zones of of mm-hmm. people that you interact with and topics. And then there's because 
because one thing that I've been pretty vocal about, I guess we'll just jump right into it this way. One thing I've been pretty vocal about here over the past couple of weeks is, you know, I'm obviously African-American. I mean, it's pretty clear to tell, but there's a lot of talented black creators out there that simply don't. It's like, what do they have to do to grow? Right. And yeah. and I'm not pointing fingers at anyone or whatever. And clearly, I'm not saying you guys, it's 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 not not the fault of of anyone other than. It's just the way it is. And and it's it has more to do with, like I said, the comfort zone. So you you tend to see people go with people that they trust. And and I tr- trust me, and I get that. I mean, you don't want to ha- like like you could have had me come on the show and I'm just yelling and screaming and doing all this stuff. And like, oh, why do we have this guy? But sometimes you have to take a risk. And, and I'm, I'm equating that back to just people like myself who've been doing this a long time. And there have been people along the way that have absolutely helped us out and have taken risks. Like maybe our numbers didn't really dictate that we should have access to this because of the, the marketing plan or whatever. Right. But mm-hmm. they trust us. They know that by giving us that opportunity, it's going to get us more exposure to other people who can now see our content. And I think mm-hmm. trying to take the good out of all this bad shit that's happening right now is this is now all of our opportunity to kind of step out of our comfort zones and you know, invite someone like me on here or vice versa. I'm inviting you onto our show so people can mm-hmm. can be exposed to everything that you, that you're doing. And, that, and that's just how you have to look at it instead of dwelling on the negative. Like, gee, why did it take us so fucking long to actually do this? It is what it is, mm-hmm. man. It, it's no one's mm-hmm. fault. But now's the opportunity to actually do something about it. And I'll, I'll even say this, too. So I've had a lot of people reach out to me over the past week or so about, hey, I want you to come on the show. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And I've told about 90 percent of them no. And the reason is I'm like, let's not make this hashtag Black Life Matters. So let's get every black person in the planet on on all our shows. Right. To show that we support the cause. Mm-hmm. The best way you can support the cause is and, I, and this is what I've told a few people. Wait, don't do it this week. Wait two weeks. Wait three weeks. Wait, wait a month. Mm-hmm. Have someone come on. But the difference is make it a regular thing. And not necessarily the same, the same person every time, but, but you get what I mean. Whereas now you're you're opening that door where you're reaching out and it doesn't have to be people, you know, a black person. It could be someone, someone Asian. It could be a woman. It could be a gay person. It could be whoever. But you're going outside of your comfort zone and hearing different voices and different things from people that you may not have necessarily heard before, you know, and and I think and again, I think this is all of us. So it's just human nature to, to stay comfortable. So. The world shit, right? But (laughs) to me, that's the the positive that can come out of this is we can all start meeting different people and hear differing opinions and different voices. Yeah. Well, I I have bad news. Real quick, Adam, I just want to say I have really bad news because we're like 25 minutes into this podcast and I'm already thinking about how quickly we can have you back on. Because I'm having a having a blast. I mean, Um, mean, well, that's that's we we definitely are so guilty of this where we get into our rhythm right and especially for like a podcast like we're the ones booking you know talent basically and it it's every day feels like i mean just before this whole thing it was i had 16 different webcam issues and this is every day and then it's mm-hmm. like on top of that james is putting the podcast together next week it's elise and then it's me and then like you know we go through this thing and then by the time you get to Hey, you should have more guests on. Hey, you should have more diverse. Ca- you should have more diverse uh, guests coming on. Hey, you should find people who know what they're talking about. It's like by the time we get to that point, we're already so exhausted, and it's like right. that's on us just to do a better job of yeah. time management and figuring those things out. And it's like it it is that thing where like I feel like I'm already so exhausted, and then when everyone goes shame on you, you need to do better. I just go, you're right, you're right. We should. Um, I will I will add that onto it, and I want to do that. But especially for a podcast, it's so important to have different voices and reoccurring voices at the same time that the audience is familiar with. And also, like, I miss talking about gaming news after doing the kind of funny stuff all week. Uh, like, I just want to talk about video games. And I realize how happy the video game industry, for all its faults, it actually makes me happy at the end of the day. I yes, I would agree. It is a, Absolutely. It's, it's, it's something that I think no matter what, it's something, it's a common interest that we can all, even if we disagree on certain things, at the end of the day, Hey, you love video games. I love video games. Let's we're, we are best friends. Now we're going to hang out Mm -hmm. every day at lunch and 
talk in the schoolyard because <laughs> there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people like me who enjoy this stuff. So it's it's fine to it's fun to find my my uh my nerd brothers so ancestors yeah. they were they were rare yeah. in high school but there were a few. <laughs> yeah, it's funny now because now it's like everybody like find someone who doesn't play yeah. game. I, I, yeah, I, I'll just. We were in a meeting. I can't I can't say what the meeting was about or anything, but we were in a meeting the other day with someone and so it just happened to come up and someone in that meeting was like, I'm not a gamer. And, and it was like mm-hmm. almost like everyone and yeah. there was no judgment at all. <laughs> yeah. But you can see like the quiet. And again, this is coming from our line of work. So there's already a lot of selection. The person's like, I'm not a gamer. And then everyone was kind of like, what is that? Like, like, like in a stupid Zoom call, everyone's kind of doing the Brady Bunch looking around. <laughs> they say they're not a gamer. Like, and it's, it's uh, interesting how that is now the thing, right? Like, it's so vast and it's, it encompasses so many people and their interests is just part of it that, like, it's so, it's interesting how that's flipped. Like, from what Adam is saying, him in the schoolyard, be, feeling like he is alone with this interest to now, Good luck finding someone who doesn't have an Xbox or a PlayStation in their living room. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the reason uh, that is the case is because of big old games like Destiny Two <laughs> that do constant. Every single time you think they're fading, I mean, for me, this me—I'm not speaking for Jacob, our beautiful, our beautiful Jacob Fullerton, but like. For me, it's like every single time you're thinking like, oh, this Destiny thing's kind of fading into the wayside, even though it probably has one million concurrent players every single day. There's something happens, mm-hmm. an eruption happens, and then you see what they're actually capable of. And it's immediately now, oh, Destiny 2 is now the biggest game again. We're going to talk about what I mean by all of that right after a word from our sponsor, Honey. This episode of Dude Soup is brought to you by Honey. Listen. We shop online a lot. Everybody does. I know I do. It's, I would say, where I do probably 95 conservatively percent of all of my shopping. Uh, Even when I'm not buying things, I'm digging through online shopping networks for the best deals on things to try and find cheaper prices and maybe occasionally comparing that to stuff that I see in stores. But there's one way to make this way easier, that whole process of comparing price tags from place to place, and you can do it with Honey. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. Honey automatically finds you the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. It makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. So um, imagine you're shopping at basically any of your favorite online shopping websites, Target, Sephora, Macy's, Etsy, Lululemon, uh, DoorDash, Walmart, basically anything you can think of. When you go to check out, there's going to be a little box that drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds for it to scan for every available promo code on the internet and then you just sit and watch the prices drop. It's pretty incredible. I had to get something for my father's birthday not too long ago, and I kind of knew what was good for him. I wanted to get him stuff that he could use to exercise while he's stuck at home. And so I was shopping around for the best deals. And if you know anything about home exercise equipment in this uh, current climate, the prices go way up. But I want to make sure that I got a pretty good deal and some quality products from my dad. So I went shopping. Along the way, I found exactly what I was looking for, and voila, thanks to Honey, I was able to save 10% on that purchase, totally brought it down to a much more reasonable cost, and uh, I was happy to spend that money for my dad and also save a little bit for myself. And just so you're aware, Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings. Honey also supports over 30,000 stores online, and they're adding more every single day. Users love Honey. That's why it has over 10,000 five-star reviews on Google Chrome Store. Not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use, installs in just a few seconds. Plus, it's now part of the PayPal family. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dude. That's joinhoney.com slash D-U-D-E. Use our promo code joinhoney.com slash dude. So thank you, Honey, for your sponsorship. Let's talk about Beyond Light, okay? Because Paris, I saw you freaking out. I saw <laughs> I, I tuned in a little bit for your live stream of it, and I also saw your tweets, you freaking out. How are you feeling about this? I'm, I'm very excited, and, and I'm excited for exactly what you were saying right before the break, that mm-hmm. Destiny, look, 
Destiny's a roller coaster. I, I've been there since the alpha, right? I'm I'm what you would consider a hardcore Destiny player. And it's a roller coaster of it is the highest of highs, and I'll be damned if it's not the lowest of lows at certain points, mm-hmm. right? And like I told you before we even started recording, this was the first year where I've this is the longest I've taken of not playing Destiny. I've really not interacted with the game that much at all in 2020, despite COVID and everything, because I've just not been happy with the content. Um Arguably, Shadowkeep is is the weakest season they've or weakest expansion they've ever had, you know, of Destiny. But I'm also realizing with this announcement, there's a reason for that is because they most likely had the majority of the company working on this other shit. So they were just trying to hold on until they could get to this point. Right. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. see Luke and to see Mark Noseworthy up there talking about not only Beyond Light, but look, I got my notes. I got to bring it up. Not only that, but to then also say, oh, in 2021, we have the witch, the witch queen. And then in 2022, we have Lightfall. So they've literally given you a roadmap into 2022 of, of where they're taking the game. And the fact that finally the darkness is coming. Finally, we're getting a new subclass with the darkness uh, element. I guess they're calling it stasis is going to be the new damage type. You know, the fact that we're going to get. We're going to get at first, I guess, uh, what did they call it? Generational crossplay with um, Xbox and PlayStation. So Series X and PlayStation 5, they're going to be 4K 60 frames, but you're still going to be able to play with Xbox. People can still play with people on Xbox One and PlayStation 5 people can still play with people on PS4. And then they're already talking about real crossplay going into 2021. So I guess that would expand to PC and the five people that are on Stadia, right? So that <laughs> dude, Stadia is a freaking dumpster fire. I'm sorry. I always have to say that because it's just I, so disappointing. I have no horse in that race. I yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm sure but, there's the one guy. It's like yeah. Stadia. Oh, dude, I have I have people on on Twitter. Anytime I mention the word Stadia, they get mad and they just tweet really? ang- ang- angry at me, saying it's the greatest Stadia thing hosts. ever. Yeah, there's Stadia yeah. fans out there. This here here's the shame about Stadia in in a weird I. I use a form of it in my home. I, yeah. I have, so right here, I have the, the beefy PC. I have an NVIDIA shield uh, TV in my living room. Same. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I have a, an ethernet cable running underneath the floorboards and I played through this weekend, dark souls on PC, dark souls remastered. And it was doing a remote connection and it was one-to-one. It was fine. Never had any issues. It's like, this technology is really cool. It doesn't really work when it's a server in, San Francisco and it's, it's routing it. And yeah, it's like the, the idea of it's really cool. And I'm using, I like that we're using pieces of it, but, uh, man, not, not in the way that Google and then before that on live and then Gaikai. Yeah. Well, not, not to segue too far away from destiny, just to say real quick, this, this is why I like the way Microsoft's approach is with it with project X cloud, because they're not saying, Hey, this is the only way you can play. They're saying this is supplement to the primary way you can play. So if you're in a jam, you're on the bus and you need to log in and you want to check something and play halo real quick, you can do it. They're not Mm -hmm. the way stadio, this is going to replace consoles and our business model is shitty, but this is the way it's going to be. It's like, it doesn't make sense. I need, I need an offline way to be able to play and let cloud gaming eventually could be the future as technology improves, but dude, not in 2020. It's just, it's Mm -hmm. just simply not ready yet. Not to mention Google promised the moon and they delivered us breadcrumbs basically. So yeah, but sometimes it feels like they do testing in those labs from the old Pentium commercials. Yeah. Where it's like the the multicolored uh, like lab yeah. coat people in the but like they're like it works perfect here we don't understand yeah, we don't like get why it's not yeah. working for oh, you yeah. in Illinois yep um, yeah um, real quick Sorry. back to let's back to Destiny, yeah, Destiny. though uh, yeah. does anyone else my first reaction is I feel like Destiny is becoming like the Star Wars in terms of titling like there's a handful of words that they're allowed to use like light. Yes. And like, like, am I wrong? I don't have, I'm not going to pull it up or refuse, but is there something that there's already some, a something King, right? So there's a the witch taken, King. The Taken King. Wi- take, there's the a Taken King. That's yes. it. Yeah. yeah. And now it's Witch yeah, Queen. Now there's the Witch Queen. Um, I, I, I think it's all great because it all feeds in. When you play that game, it feeds so much into their like self-indulgent lore, which mm. most people just are like skipping through to dump their, uh, what is it? What the is the name of those orbs that you open? What what the light? Oh. What what? No no. The, well, there's the, light you go, orbs. You're the. No, I know no, you're they, talking they, about. They got rid of them those. And they, 
they the are the, basically their, their loot boxes. Yeah, yeah the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got rid of that nonsense. Right. Yeah, those, those yeah. yeah, it's that those are gone now. Or it's well, kind the, of the cryptarch is what is he? He just he's sad now. He just he destroys your shaders. He just yeah. like <laughs> stomps out your shaders or whatever. But like that's yeah. but like that's what I love. That's kind of what I love about Destiny is how it is like it's so indulgent of its own lore, but ultimately at its core, and I think this is why it's successful and why I've played it so much is that if you don't care about that, it's still a super tight shooter. Like it's yeah. a super tight shooter that's really easy to play with your friends and re- really easy to kind of like just choose some time. It almost feels like the most elaborate mobile game ever made. Well, um, well, that's the thing. That's that's Bungie's DNA. You know, going back mm-hmm. to Halo, I mean, they're one of the best in the business at, you know, just wep- the weapons just feel good to shoot in mm-hmm. bungee games. And I mean, I take it even a step further. And again, that's why I say it's the highest of highs and the lowest of lows is some of the greatest co-op experiences I've ever had in my life have been in destiny doing those raids or like doing the dungeons now, or even, you know, in various strikes or just nightfalls, things like that, because they, when it, when the gameplay loop is good, it's amazing. But when mm-hmm. they're trying to buy time because, you know, we're in a content drought and they got you freaking throwing orbs in, into like the same bucket in different seasons, <laughs> then then that's like, OK, all right, this is enough. I, I, I'm just this is just wasting time at this point. Why am I doing this over and over? So and I don't mean to jump in and take this whole thing over, but obviously I play Destiny all the time. But that's that's the thing that excited me the most about this. Like even with them coming with that destiny content vault, cause they're going to start retiring some of these, these, um, these spaces, right. And bringing mm-hmm. back some of the old ones, like they're going to bring the Cosmodrome back back. They're going to bring the vault glass back. And then, you know, it's constantly going to be in an in and out thing so that the game isn't just growing exponentially and they're keeping it tighter and more focused on what makes destiny good versus trying to give us all this freaking busy work, which it sounds like I'm complaining about it, but it's just the frustrations oh, of I'm, knowing how great yeah. the game is and knowing how, you know, they were just lacking in that for so for, for these past, I would say about six months, but then you look and see what they were saying in, in this reveal and they clearly have a long-term roadmap. And it was almost like they just had to get this stuff out of the way so that they can say, you know what? All that stuff in the past that we're holding on to, we're going to let it go. This is the direction that we're going to take Destiny now. And mm-hmm. I think it's the right one. I mean, I think yeah. I get excited at every reveal, but this one definitely, uh, this one felt different for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think something I appreciated about all of that is when they basically, they, they just came out and said, like, there's no Destiny 3. Yeah. You're, you're already playing yeah, Destiny 3. Exactly. Right? Yep. Like, and I kind of appreciate it. I think it is funny that, you know, it's still called Destiny 2 because... You know, they're, they're, it would have been they, better, right? Destiny, if they said they're like they would have said, yeah. They're like, it's, we're here's just the new game, and the then the, two, yeah, the two goes right? away, and like it's and just. And then Destiny they're like, now. it's Destiny now, right? So yeah. it is, a, it is a little weird. And then I also, you know, Elise, I talked with Elise a little bit about it. She reminded me, she was like, didn't they say that's what they were going to do with Destiny One, where they were like, that's a ten year game, and you see those hills off there, you're going to be able to go there, <laughs> like you know, yeah, anything yeah. you could see, you're going to be able to touch. Um, they said a lot of things and I think they got there and obviously I'm I'm not a game dev and I'm not going to purport to know the intricacies of building an engine that's capable of doing what they're doing. So it kind of makes sense. It feels like Destiny was the very successful, very complex pilot program for Destiny 2, which is their their realized vision of what they're going for. But I just genuinely appreciated them coming out and saying, like, if you're waiting for a three, that's not that's not in our plans. We don't have plans for that. But we're going to create a system, like you were saying, for that content to continue being added and refreshed without it just bloating into this thing. So if you have a friend or you meet someone who's never played Destiny 2 before and you want them to get into the game, it's not scary. Because I know for me, that's been a scary proposition. Mm -hmm. I've said to people before, like, like, oh, I'm having so much fun just like hanging Adam and I hanging out playing Destiny. Elise and I hang out playing Destiny. And I'm like, you should try Destiny. But then... In the back of my head, I'm like, well, where do you even begin at this point? You know, well, well, like, where that, does that come in? That that's one question. I, I hope I get I, I get the chance to to talk to some people from the team before uh, Beyond Light comes out. But the my one of my big questions is with that free to play model where they're letting people come in and basically start off at the beginning of Destiny Two. The fact that they're removing certain planets, like I think Mars and Titan and Io, maybe I forget now, but a few of the planets are, are getting removed. 
that was a part of the core game. So how does a new person come in and understand the story and the things that you're going to do? So there, there's still some juggling they're going to have to do. But I love the fact that they admitted part of the reason is so we can manage the game so we could properly patch the game. Because, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, you played in the last year. There's always been a lot of server errors and things happening. And I mm-hmm. think it's just due to the actual bloat of the game. You fix one thing and then it's breaking 20 other things on the other side. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do think a, a smaller, tight knit Destiny makes more sense than trying to say that Destiny, it, it is from the original sales pitch. It just lives and breathes from 2014 all the way to now. And that's just, it's just I don't think technology wise, it's realistic. Yeah, yeah. I, I it, that's, like a, that's like a it's like a star citizen almost level issue of. Well, look, look at that game. game that's supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this Destiny's at least a bit more realistic where they're like, it's all of space. Well, some of it, you know, it, yeah. the, the sort of the irony, right, where you're like, it's this this game where it takes place on different planets, but they're trying to make it tighter, which I, I agree with you, Paris. I think they should definitely figure that out, figure out how they can make it a tighter, more focused game. But then I would love for them to whatever the next iteration of if it becomes is, is open up the universe. And so when you do have that downtime, I've talked about this before, but like, just do something where like I can build a house or like a community or something like somewhere I can play soccer with people or something like have all these mini games, have like a, a more of an MMO sort of environment, but then you have that structured gameplay focused area that that's what you do over there. And that's your season. And you go do that. But when the downtime happens, you you just chill and talking to your friends and Mm. you know, you're hurting your chickens or something like that. Like, like the farm was like a missed opportunity. I felt like, yeah, I, I almost feel like that's what Bethesda's trying to do. What's the name of the game? Star is it Starfield? Star wow, I'm forgetting the name exactly, but it's their secret year, game. Yeah. Star oh, okay. Starfield some something. I'm screwing it up, but mm-hmm. I almost think that that's what they're attempting to do. You know, something very similar to what, what you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I I feel like it's Bungie's very ambitious, and you're right, they're gonna focus on what they do well, which is the gameplay stuff, but I know that in their in their core, they want to be an MMO. They want to be World of Warcraft or something like that. And I'd love to see them figure it out. And I'm like, they'll, they'll get there. I know they will. And that's yeah. still what I'm kind of waiting for. This the the one thing that's on the top of my list. I've I've lamented this for quite some time. I just need you to allow me while my ship is flying in the loading screen to move it around a little bit. <laughs> I've always said. Uh, we had it in Symphony of the Night during loading screens. You could make the text move. I've been playing Astral Chain on Switch, and they have loading screens which are exactly like Destiny. It's like you're flying through a portal, and what's that? The Bethesda. No. Thank Bethesda. you. Bethesda. I heard her. <laughs> Thank you, Star Citizen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Citizen. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Um, at least at least came out. <laughs> at least came out in dust. Um, Starfield. But, uh, you're right. It's Starfield. Oh, it is. Um, oh, she's wrong. It's Star. No, Starfield. Yeah. Oh, Starfield. Never mind. That's Bethesda. Um, but uh, but the so in in Astral Chain, <laughs> we're talking about Astral Chain. <laughs> in Astral Chain, you'll go into a portal, and it's almost identical to Destiny, where it's like when you're traveling at light speed, and you can move the character around just the mm-hmm. space. That's all. I. That's the one feature that I want them to throw in for o- me and only me. So it feels mm-hmm. like I'm flying the super cool spaceship that I unlocked and moved around, and I just want it. To, I just. That's what I need. If you talk to someone at Bungie, can you just let them know that James Willems <laughs> says, how complex would it be to dismantle your engine and allow me to move my ship around just slightly? And they'll probably reply, very. <laughs> and that'll be yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. like, we have to remove PvP, but yeah. uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> one guy who plays once a month, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we checked we'll his profile. You. We checked his Bungie profile. We noticed he hasn't logged in since October 2018, and he wants us to do what with our game? Yeah. Oh, well, I, don't, uh, I, I, I really dug the the new trailer that they did, though, because like Destiny, I feel like, has always had this really cool style about it, and it feels mm-hmm. like, I yeah, it's hard to describe it. It's, it's like a 70s, almost, like, sci-fi aesthetic, and I'm like, I as the game is getting more bloated and it keeps going on, I'm craving lore and I want a story and I'm like, I want to see some cool action scenes in this, in this world that they're doing. But then ultimately it's always like, Hey, you do a raid and some things change, but um, like, yeah, I just, I want, I want like a bigger impact and maybe they're going to be able to do that now moving forward with this, this new system. So I'm very hopeful. 
Yeah, I mean, I think like they even did the live event on uh, Saturday. I almost feel like that was a, a, an, an alpha test for some stuff that they probably want to do in a year or two down the road to just make, let's get the technology in place to make sure we can pull it off. And then we have these big, you know, world of Warcraft type events that happen or even uh, Fortnite type events that happen live in the game. So there's still potential there. That's why I'm still excited for the future of the game because it, it's clear they care and they're not just going through the motions and they're listening to feedback and they're, they're making the changes as needed. Like, I mean, even the fact that Luke like straight up owned, he was like the whole seasonal thing that we did. That's on me. I screwed that up, but we're going to fix it. That's what you want to hear because no game is going to be perfect. But as long as a developer can admit that, hey, we've made some some mistakes and here's what we're going to do to try and change it. I think most gamers, reasonable gamers anyways, um, are going to be patient enough to let them get those changes implemented and uh, judge it from there. Yeah, I've always felt like like Destiny for me is one of those things where you're playing it and you kind of understand, you know, that this isn't perfect. And this seems like a little like maybe this is just thrown together at the last minute kind of vibe. But then you're still playing this really, really tight game like this game that clearly people there's we've played so much garbage just as a byproduct of what we do that it's so easy to tell a game that like people put their heart and soul into whether or not certain aspects of the game that's been around for years and years have missed the mark along the way. It's so easy to tell when something like really has someone's heart and soul into it. And I've never doubted that about Destiny 2, regardless of like the occasional event. And I'm like, that was weird. Or I feel like I'm just running back and forth from the tower to to this planet and <laughs> gathering whatever, or you, you know, these different things. It never feels like, like quest, someone yeah. didn't care, you know? Yep. And that's that's pretty commendable, I would say. I, I, I will say this, just to play devil's advocate for a second, Paris, do you ever feel like you're you're seeing a pattern with the bungee thing of like they 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 set out to do this thing they don't really do it they apologize we forgive them and then they do it again we get upset <laughs> it's like i like i can't i can't hang around the destiny community sometimes because it feels a little toxic i'm talking more like the subreddit i'm just like i have to take a step back no i'm i'm actually 100 with you on that and that is the fear that destiny in that sense has become very seasonal where we get to these expansion moments everyone gets super excited we love it love it love it we get to around december january okay what the hell's going on all right this is boring oh destiny's dead oh i hate destiny oh this sucks and then they come out with a little something around this time to you know to tease it again we get all excited again we go through the summer yep destiny's back hooray and then we get to expand written repeat so i hope i hope <laughs> that that cycle is, is going to be broken now the fact that they were able to even say here's what we're going to do long term with the game that's what really gives me hope that they do have an idea of where they want to take and obviously that'll change as they get feedback from the community but at least they know on a baseline this is the approach that we feel we want to take it and this is what we think you're going to enjoy how can I trust you, a man wearing a Destiny 2 shirt? Hey, I wore it specifically for this. <laughs> I was like, we're going to talk Destiny. Let me let me crack open my my size too small T-shirt, put it on. Do you have any of the the special? Like, did you ever get any of those things where you complete the challenges and then you and then that allow affords you the opportunity to buy a shirt? I I only know of them. I despite like I only know of them because our our. Coworker Jacob, who's really big into Destiny, has several Destiny shirts that he was able to earn by accomplishing the the Chalice dungeons or whatever. Yeah, I don't even know what they are. I, I, I've completed a couple of them, but I'm I'm such a cheap ass. I never actually go buy actually buy the shirts themselves. But I've done I a few in the past. That. Yeah, I respect. I, 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 a, a very a very wise friend of mine said, "All you need is one good scam, and it feels like <laughs> making people play your video game to then have the." the honor to give you $35 plus shipping and handling for a shirt is like, wait, hold on. (laughs) I, I, I mowed your lawn and then I gave you money. I don't understand. Like this is confusing. Can I just say real quick, I was watching. uh, So if you have Pluto TV, um, there's an American gladiators channel. A lot of people tweeted me about it and I'm very grateful to those tweets. And I have been indulging in American gladiators, but I was watching it last night and it's classic episode. This is like, season one season two these are classic american gladiators episodes and then they they're full and uncut so they're not even like if you watch them on new tv they like cut out different sections that aren't relevant anymore 
This is these are the OG ones. And they had a point where they, it was like a mid-event break, and they were like, be sure if you want to join the American Gladiators fan club, send five dollars to this address in Van Nuys or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> they just asked for five dollars. <laughs> You're already watching yeah. the show. You're watching the commercials on their show, and then they're yeah. like, also send us five dollars. And but like, sure. so that some kid, I I'm Turbo's got the numbers. Come on, <laughs> yeah. I wish I wish I had the numbers to see how many kids were like, Mom, we got it. I mean, it's they're asking for five dollars, and I got to get this fan club. I'm also curious what would happen if I sent the money right now, where that would end up. But I mean, if you could probably go to the address right now and go see what it check is, it out, see what's left. Yeah. Yeah. Malibu's yeah, house. Gladiators yeah. call it, call it yeah. um, this was pre Malibu. This was like Nitro. They're like, the bad boy, Nitro. <laughs> and he's just waving at the camera because they don't know what they're saying about him. Um, well, real quick, excited for Destiny. I also want to say that it feels like I can't be excited for what's in my mailbox anymore. Unless I'm getting something from Bespoke Post. You know, it just isn't really any fun anymore. Checking your mailbox. It feels like every time you go and you check your mailbox, it's filled with uh, political flyers, utility bills, tons of coupons for places that you've never even been to. But once a month, I actually do have a reason to be stoked, and that's because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. I've mentioned it before, um, but I'm going to highlight it again. The best box of awesome I've ever received included, well, I'll just show you too. This incredibly uh, versatile and also incredibly sharp Zwilling like kitchen that. knife. Um, I'm going to be very careful with it because it's the sharpest thing I've ever seen. It's also very, very cool. I'm not a knife, knife collector, don't get me wrong, but I do love to cook and this has changed everything. I didn't know what chopping vegetables was like until I got this in my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month and no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. It's got uh, styling kits, grooming goods, barware, cooking tools like my knife, outdoor gear. There's some like utility bags that you can use to pack your suit, but also use it as a duffel bag. There's all kinds of cool stuff um, for every part of your life. But if you're not sure where to begin, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It is free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime if you don't see something you like, but I find that hard to believe. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So if you wanna liven up your mailbox, I definitely recommend you go to boxofawesome.com. You're going to get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code DUDE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code DUDE, for 20% off your first box. So thank you, Bespoke Post, for your sponsorship of this episode. Do we have any, like, I feel like there's so much we could dig into on all of this. Like, we didn't even, like, obviously, we're, so we're getting the stasis powers, which are really, every single time... I feel like when I first played Destiny and then Destiny 2, you would like get you choose your pathway, you choose your class and then you choose your pathway and you get that power and you're like, that's cool. But is that it? But now thinking about how like which way, like once they started introducing giant flaming hammers, I was like, yes, yeah, I made the right choice. I am a Titan. <laughs> like, so I'm I'm mm. always curious. I'm always curious and excited how they're going to add new stuff, the cinematic melee finishes and stuff that they put in the mm. game. I feel like that was a while ago now, but like yeah. there's this, you were watching the game, you want to see it evolve, but I'm just curious, any final thoughts, any feel like things we haven't touched on on Destiny? Hmm. I, I mean, like, I think we're still just scratching the surface on on what this this new expansion is going to be, but just kind of sticking on stasis for a second. I think by adding that fourth element into the mix, it's really going to mix up gameplay now, and it's going to mm -hmm. add some some more unique challenges to the game, I, I think their biggest thing, because you know they're they're going through this whole process of they're going to start sunsetting weapons. Is I hope as they start introducing new weapons that we start to see new perks come with those as well. So we're not basically all right. I'm going to sunset this gun, and then I'm going to introduce this other gun with a different name and a different skin, but it's basically the same damn thing you sunset because it uses the same perks and it does the same thing. So I really hope that's a part of it is when I, I know transmog is coming as well. So we can basically have our guardian look the way that we want it to look. So I mm. think my biggest hope going into, into this next chapter of destiny, as they say, 
is they're really going to start embracing more of the RPG element side of the game. Mm-hmm. They touched on it a little bit with Shadow Keep, but I hope they really go nuts as we go into on going to this next chapter and just, you know, give us unique thing, give us unique challenges, give us things to chase. Even if it's just cosmetics, I don't know about you guys, and I mean to derail this a little bit, but going back to Destiny 1, even with like Wrath of the Machine, that raid, there was this freaking ship or the raid ship that I swear to God, I did that raid about 100 times and I never got the damn ship. But I kept Mm -hmm. doing it because I was chasing that. That ship Mm -hmm. did not affect anything in the game at all. It didn't change anything I did, but I (laughs) wanted it. So that when the five other people were in orbit with me, they would see it and go, "Ooh, that's cool. That's literally it. Mm-hmm. That's literally yeah, it. Yep. So I just want yeah. stuff like that to come back to the game. It, at yeah, some point, sure. it is a a dolly dress up simulator. Yes, and that's it is. Okay. Yeah, because you are kind of cosplaying in a weird way. And, <laughs> you know, you're you're sort of you're not exactly RPing, but it's sort of like, you know, my warlock with my cool robe. And yeah, the transmog thing makes it a lot easier to put on your guardian fashion show. But yep. That's okay because the design aesthetics in the game are they're they're out of this world. I uh, didn't mean to say it that way, but they, they <laughs> it's it's its own thing. I, I like they somehow figured out fantasy and sci-fi and made it into this weird thing. It shouldn't work, mm-hmm. but it does. And it, it, yeah. it is a style onto itself. So it's like I'm 100 percent with you. My, my ghost skin that I still have, uh, it is this um, black and red. I don't know what it is, but every time I whip it out like Jacob, the guy who we've played hundreds of hours with goes, Oh, where'd you get that? And I'm like, yes, I have something you don't ever tell you. (laughs) I mean, I, I don't know. I rolled some dice and a thing came out of a chest, but it Mm -hmm. it looks cool and I love it. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm very, I'm genuinely excited. I, I, Someone needs to draw up a strategy guide. I'll talk to Jacob after this. Um, Paris, if, if you if you don't mind sherping me along for some of this too, I, I think I, I, I watched it and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Come September, I will be playing Destiny again. Yep. Um, no, but you, I feel like you need to do my homework and really need to prepare for it. Um, Nick, just giving you a heads up. Uh, Nick RTD, uh, get ready to hit that hit that transition that we're going to need because even though we're coming close to the end of our show, we talked about destiny. I wanted to touch on cyberpunk a little bit um, because I know you're such a huge fan. We will have to have you back to for the next big cyberpunk thing and discuss that in more detail. I'm excited for that. I know Adam's super excited for cyberpunk as well. Um, But, uh, but we don't have time because we have to reserve a certain amount of time of every single dude soup I host for a little segment called Mount Up for Morbius. There he is. Hold on, wait for it. It's not over. I know. Wait. <laughs> That's the best part. Oh, Paris, I'm so happy you're here because you get to play uh, Mount Up. So Mount Up for Morbius, for those of you who aren't aware, is a segment that every single time I host, I bring up. We are celebrating and preparing for the release of the film Morbius starring Jared Leto based on a tier three Spider-Man villain. Um, And uh, and uh, again, originally the movie, I believe, was supposed to come out in May, but due to the state of the world, was delayed until 2021. So I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing for the next year to do this, but I have to because I've made a commitment to everyone and Jared Leto. Um, So uh, the way we're going to do it, we're just going to do some vampire trivia together. If that's cool with you guys, I'm going to ask you guys vampire trivia questions and then we'll do that. And that's how we learn about vampires. Um, (laughs) So here we go. I I got a vampire trivia quiz right here. What American essayist documented a Vermont vampire hunt in an 1859 journal entry? It's multiple choice. Henry David Thoreau, Thomas Paine, Ralph Waldo Emerson, or Mark Twain? The third one. Ralph Waldo Emerson? Yeah, that just sounds like a name that would do it. I I go with the first one. Henry David Thoreau. Ooh, yeah. hold on. It wasn't Ralph Waldo Emerson. It was Henry David Thoreau. All 200 right. years after the Salem witch trials, farmers in New England became convinced that their relatives were returning from the grave to feed on the living. Henry David Thoreau wrote about it. Great. Um, okay. Weren't they just weren't they just like anemic or something like that? Like I forget. 
I don't know. Yeah. They're like vampire. I mean, everything like, was a vampire back then. Um, right. Also, just Paris, just so we're clear, you're not expected to know any of these. Right. I don't know the answers to any. <laughs> right. It's a learning. This is yes, a shared learning learned. experience. Yep. Um, it's just to get us excited about a movie no one wants to see. Adam, you don't look excited and you don't sound excited, <laughs> which is weird. Um, I know, and I okay. and I love vampires. It's weird. <laughs> All right, next question. What TV show featured the vampire Barnabas Collins? Dark was Shadows. It? There was is multiple choice, but the answer is Dark Shadows. A 175-year-old vampire in search of fresh blood and his Wait. lost love. Wow. Wait, is that Johnny Depp movie? Based on the based on the uh, what was a soap opera. It was a soap right? opera oh. in the in the seventies, yeah. and then they again nerd. Then they had a remake of it, like I think late eighties or so, and it was short lived. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, they had the Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, I had no I idea that. that I knew that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you and and again, it's multiple choice. I was going to give you four options, but you did not need them. Okay. Was Forever Night That's, on there? Um, no. How many times? Oh no, that one sucks. Uh, what animal can Chinese vampires transform into? A rat, a dragon, a tiger, or a wolf? It's got to be a dragon, right? You would think. I mean, we want to go dragon. Part of me wants my... to say wolf because of how wrong that seems. Like, then you would essentially be a werewolf. But it's, uh, I feel like it has to be dragon or rat just because they're on the, yeah, on the Chinese calendar, exactly, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll go with rat. I'm gonna go, I go with rat. I'm, it's also not dragon team. or rat. What? It is wolf. It is a wolf. <laughs> I knew it would be nonsense yeah. like that. <laughs> the, the strongest well. of the Jiangxi are able to acquire skills such as flying and transforming into wolves. All right. Um, two more. What is the name of the vampire in the film Nosferatu? Is it Count Germain? Count Orlock, Count Gregor, or Count Basie? Or Count Olaf? <laughs> That's the one I'm doing. I, I oh, think it's Orlock. I think I might know this one. Wasn't it Orlock? I I yeah, I, I, I'm going to go with that. I, th- I think that. Or. Orlock is the only one that sounds familiar. Yeah, to me. I'm, I think I yeah. I only know that because I saw the trailer for the movie that Willem Dafoe's in, where he plays that guy. Mm-hmm. Shadow of a Vampire, great movie. Sha- yeah, yeah, never saw an it. unauthorized adaptation of Bram Stoker's Dracula Nosferatu features Max Schreck as the vampire Count Orlock. All right, let's do our last question. Let me find a good one. Um, I don't know, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, this is pretty, this is an easy one, but it's okay. All right. What is a group of vampires called? A clan? Brood. A co- okay. Hold on. <laughs> it's not an option, but it's not. Coven? <laughs> pack? Or. <laughs> <laughs> A clan, uh, a coven, a pack, or all of these? No brood. Wait, what? Really? A clan, uh, I, a coven, a pack, say, or all of these? I'm going to say, say all of them. all of them. Yeah, I'm going to say all, all of them. these. It's correct. All of them. Boom. The a rule, group of vampires rule. has variously been called a clutch, brood, coven, pack, or a clan. They just didn't put it in there in the options. And but yeah. All now, of them. now, now, this, this will, this will, this is sad, but this is the reason I blurted it out so quick. I don't know how much you follow like wrestling or whatever, like especially WWE in the late 90s. There used to be a, a, a faction, yeah, Gangrel. It was the brood with Edge and Christian. <laughs> That's the only reason I thought of that <laughs> right away. <laughs> You're speaking my language, Paris. You're speaking oh, yeah. my language. Uh, well, that couldn't, could not have been a better question to go out on. Uh, so Nick, let's roll that outro. It's the same as the intro. Yeah. Well, okay. But you know, what am I supposed (laughs) to do? Make two of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that brings us to the end of our show. Paris, thank you so much for coming on and joining us. Super fun discussion. We honestly, we would love to have you back and, and. If you ever want us to come on anything, you just let us know. Oh, no, but, um, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. 
Um, I just really want a quick shout out again, gamertagradio.com. You can go to that's that's the website where you can check out the Gamer Tag Radio podcast. You can also find it on Spotify, iTunes, and tw- live streamed on Twitch every single week. Um, if you want to hear or check out more of Paris, find him on Twitter, Vicious Six Nine Six, or uh, on YouTube at uh, YouTube.com/slash/c/ slash Marcelo Six Nine Six. Also, just a heads up, we we didn't get to talk about cyberpunk, um, but we'd love to have you back to do that. Um, but Night City Wire, June 25th, you're going to be live streaming that on your channel, kind of reacting to it and do, giving your feedback and your, your reaction to everything that's going on with Night City Wire. So I highly recommend you guys checking that out if you have any interest in Paris, cyberpunk, or both. Um, I want to thank our uh, Rooster Teeth First members for supporting us and helping us out. Uh, members for just hanging out and chat, watching the live stream, watching the podcast. Uh, Paris, did I miss anything? No, you did not. And thank you for the Night City Wire plug. Because again, we obviously didn't get too big into cyberpunk. But if you know me and my history with cyberpunk, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you, you're going to want to be yeah. on that live stream on the 25th. So be sure to check that out June 25th. Um, yep, there you go, right there. Uh, and so make sure to check it out. And Adam, do you have anything? Are you accomplishing anything worth plugging? Because I, like- I promised Paris I'd wear my cyberpunk jacket, but we never got to the discussion. Oh. So uh, next next time. And then next I know time. we were talking. I, we didn't get to talk about too much of it, uh, but I, I know I'm very familiar with the town that you live in. I My... My parents were separated when I was young, so I went back and forth between the two. Um, Oscar's on the Pond, one of my favorite yes. restaurants growing yep, up. Yep, yep, yep. So, Duck Pond. Yep. Uh, I, I missed the breadsticks and the euros. I wanted to talk about that, but we never got around to it. <laughs> I mean, there's and, a ton of stuff. I we also I wanted to uh, chat with you about your fitness journey and stuff because that's something that I'm really passionate about and stuff. So I, I think we just we have to make a point. You. We'll, we'll figure out a time. I already start looking ahead and figure out a time if you come back and chat with us more too. Please, I know Elise, yeah. Elise would, would love to chat with you too. So, um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you guys for watching. Um, Destiny 2 looks really fun and we will catch you next time. Bye.